Welcome to another episode of the Great Fancy Baseball Invitational Podcast. I'm Justin Mason, lead fantasy writer and analyst of Friends of FancyBenefits.com. This is kind of a special episode and series of episodes on the TGFBI podcast because this is Potapalooza 2022. And what Potapalooza is, is it's a two-day live stream event in which we... Uh, get a bunch of fantasy analysts together over the course of two days uh, and talk fantasy baseball in order to raise money for charity. This year's charity was Big League Impact. You will hear all about it throughout the episodes. Uh, there are going to be 16 different episodes in total. Hopefully you enjoy them. But just keep in mind that this is a live stream event, and so there may be audio problems. Some people uh, had better mics than others. Some people have better internet connection than others. So I apologize if there's any sort of audio issues, but we kind of did the best that we could given the circumstances. Uh, but if you want to uh, help out, you can uh, give us a rate and review of Five Star Variety. That really, really helps us out. Or you can still donate. I'm still accepting donations, uh, and every dollar that uh, is donated gets you a raffle ticket uh, in to win uh, TGFBI entries. For every $1,000 I raise through this event, and after, I will give out a TGFBI entry for 2023. So if you want to donate, justinmasonfantasy at gmail.com is the PayPal. At Justin Salinger is the Venmo. Really appreciate everybody who came and watched it live. You can catch the replay of the video version over on my YouTube, which is Justin Mason FWFB. Well, without further ado, here is this hour of Potapalooza 2022. Welcome to Potapalooza 2022. I am Justin Mason, and we are doing a live stream all day today, all day tomorrow, starting now. It's 7 o'clock in the morning, my time on the West Coast, uh, 10 a.m. in the morning on the East Coast. And what Potapalooza is, is it is a two-day live stream event where we're going to talk fantasy baseball and raise money for big league impact, which is an organization founded by Adam Wainwright that supports a ton of causes all around the country and the world. Uh, and for every dollar you donate to my Venmo or my PayPal, um, my PayPal is justinmasonfantasy at gmail.com. My Venmo is at Justin Salinger. You can see it down below on the ticker if you're watching live or watching later. Uh, for every dollar you donate, you get a raffle ticket to win some amazing prizes, and we're going to be giving away prizes every hour. So new panel every hour. Uh, let's just jump right into it because I don't want to waste any time. Uh, I want to give these guys all the opportunity to talk. Uh, we have a fantastic panel uh, discussing trade deadline stuff for your fantasy leagues. Uh, we're going to start by bringing in the king, Scotty the King. Scott, welcome to the show. Let everybody know who you are, where you can reach on social media, and then talk about what you do in the industry. Thanks a lot, Justin. It's great to be with you. Have a lot of fun playing in Tout Wars with you this mm -hmm. year. Uh, you follow me on Twitter at, at Scotty the King, uh, and you can uh, see my work over at thegameday.com, where I do my weekly fantasy baseball waiver wire reports, uh, rotoballer.com. 
Uh, yeah, I've been doing this for for a little bit. You know, this is the, the fun time of year. Uh, you know, where fantasy baseball and football kind of converge. But we got to keep the focus on fantasy baseball. Uh, you know, I have a smile on my face, even though my Tower Wars team got off to a bad start last night. I had Tyler Stevenson and and Luis Robert hit the DL and Lucas Giolito, you know, uh, mm. put up a dud. But I'm having fun, and I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah, last night was a brutal night for some people, uh, especially if you started Nathan Eovaldi anywhere. So, But I'm sure we'll be talking about a lot of stuff. Joining us as well in this panel is Lou Landers. Lou, welcome to the show. Let everybody know who you are, where you've reached. Thanks, Justin. Happy to be here. Lou Landers, at Landers Talks on Twitter. I'm the director of MLB and fantasy baseball content at drroto.com. I do Lou's Locks MLB DFS podcast Monday through Friday. I do the Counting Stats podcast and the Lucas Baseball podcast with my co-host, Lucas Beery. You can hear me on SiriusXM Fantasy Sports with Dr. Roto. And a couple hours a week on Sports Byline and the Armed Forces Network. Either way, happy to be here raising money and talking fantasy baseball. Can't complain, uh, man. It's always great to talk to you, Lou. And we're going to be talking to Lucas tomorrow, so we get both sides of your uh, your podcasting coin right there. Awesome. Uh, I don't love anybody us- that rolls with the dock. <laughs> exactly. Joining us as well is Sean Knott. Sean, welcome to the show. Let everybody know where you can be reached and what you do. Hey, good morning. Thanks, Justin. Uh, I got a couple of different spots you can find me. I do DFS for Razball, uh, and then also I'm a professional handicapper over at the Odds Breakers. So if you need any help with uh, gambling, uh, if you have that itch, uh, I do MLB, college football stuff over there at the Odds Breakers. And uh, shout out to my home league guys. They wanted me to throw them out, so four-time champion. Looks like we may have lost Sean for a second there, but... He's uh, <laughs> fantasy baseball. Uh, Joining us as well is Brad Johnson, a good buddy of mine, former co-worker over at the Fangraphs. Brad, welcome to the show. Let everybody know who you are and where you can all your work can be reached. Yeah, uh, you can find me on Twitter at BaseballA-Team. Uh, you can find my work, uh, NBC, MLB Trade Rumors, uh, writing for a Baltimore site called Baltimore Sports and Life. Uh, so if you're into Orioles, that's another place you can find me. Uh, that's been fun because it's not really fantasy focused, uh, but the other stuff is all fantasy, all, all angles of it. Uh, I don't really have a specific focus. <laughs> there you go. So we're going to talk some trade deadline stuff. The trade deadline is coming up, uh, and there's going to be a lot of movement. There are a lot of teams trying to compete right now, and then there are a lot of really garbage teams that are going to be trying to get rid of assets and gain younger ones in order to improve their team. But what does that mean for fantasy Let's start with one of the big guys who is really expected to be traded, largely because last year the Cubs traded everybody, right? They just said, we're getting rid of Chris Bryant, we're getting rid of Anthony Rizzo, we're getting rid of Javier Baez, and they just left Wilson Contreras on that Cubs team to kind of toil by himself, uh, and he's expected to be moved at the deadline because he is a uh, free agent pending. Uh, Scott, where do you think he might end up, and would it change his value much? When we go through all of these teams, you're gonna you're gonna hear the same teams probably involved, but like every guy that we talk about, you know, you'll hear the Astros, the Mets, the Dodgers, the Yankees, the Red Sox, maybe the Giants, maybe the Twins, maybe the Phillies. With Contreras, uh, four teams, you know, I've been reading reports and hearing reports about 
the Astros, the Mets, the Rays, and the Giants, which all makes sense. You know, the if now look, Contreras, I don't think his value changes a whole lot in terms of that he's still gonna give you a good floor. Because look at him in that Cubs lineup and he's still putting up numbers. If he went to the Astros, you have to like him even more. Um if he goes to the Mets, you know, we hear a lot so much about Francisco Alvarez, but you know, they could use Alvarez as a DH eventually. Uh, you know, and kind of we see it with kind of Toronto. They do it with, with Kirk and Jansen, you know, they both catch, they, you know, one will hit DH. Uh Tampa Bay does have a need to as well. You know, they lost Zanino, they're trying to depend on Mejia, etc. And San Francisco is very interesting too because they're still going to be a playoff contender. Joey Bart has started to pick it up a little bit recently, but overall he's been disappointing. He's struck over well over 40% of his at-bats so far in the majors. I don't know. you. Are they going to be patient with Bart? But I would say the Astros, the Mets, the Rays, and the Giants are all contenders. I think Wilson Contreras is what we see. He's a high-quality all-star catcher. But fantasy-wise, if I have Wilson Contreras, I want to see him go to Houston. Houston would be a really, really good spot. They love Martin Maldonado, but they, they could use that just huge ad in the middle of their lineup. Uh, Brad, what are your thoughts? Where do you think Wilson Contreras ends up, and uh, how much would that change his value? I, I agree with Scotty. Uh, probably not a lot of value change wherever he winds up. Uh, the, the team I'll add to the list, uh, it seems like, like all along the Yankees are a pretty obvious fit for him, too. And... If he ends up there, they're they're more aggressive about uh, mixing up playing time, so he probably plays a little bit less. At the same time, you got better lineup, better uh, support uh, network effects going on, so probably about evens out in terms of his value. What about you, Sean? What are your thoughts on Contreras? Sean, I think, he, I think he, I think he's frozen in thought. <laughs> he might be, Lou. What are you taking on right now? I mean, the Astros and Mets make a ton of sense, like Scott said. And, I mean, the Yankees, sure, even with Trevino making the all-star team, um, Trevino's a good defensive catcher, and he's been better with the bat than expected. But based on how the Yankees have fared against the Astros this year, uh, that's their kind of Achilles heel at the moment, adding another good bat like that could help. But I have one more team. I think the Red Sox are an interesting fit. I know they like Christian Vasquez. He's really glove first, though. And uh, adding another big-time bat there, right-handed for Fenway with that green monster wouldn't hurt them. They've been on a slide. They've really only had one really good month of the season, if you really look at for the Red Sox. So adding a guy like Contreras could be a nice boost for them as well. Um, all these teams certainly could use the boost. Houston would be the best spot, although you did mention Maldonado. Uh, they do really like him. They also have Corey Lee, who's been producing for them. But I think no matter where he goes, the values has to go up because – uh, the lineup around him just isn't very special. He's going to have more RBI opportunities. He's going to have an opportunity to score more runs, and he's going to be entering a pennant race. And I mean, that always kind of gives you an extra jolt. So, uh, anywhere this guy goes, good place, good spot. Sean, why don't you finish us out on Contreras? All right, thanks, guys. Sorry, kids woke up and got on the internet, so things are a little slow on the house. I think the Astros are the best fit, guys. Um, you know, replacing Maldonado is probably the best spot there for him. Um, you plug him into the lineup up at the top there between Altuve and Bregman and, and those guys, and I think his value goes up a little bit there as well. Yeah, I, I'm right there with you guys. I mean, 
selfishly, I'm hoping my Giants end up with him. He would be a massive upgrade to Joey Bart and Kurt and an injured Kurt Casale. But I just don't know if that is going to be the most likely landing spot and if the Giants are going to consider themselves as big of contenders as maybe they did last year when they were on pace to win 107 games at this point. So uh, let's uh, let's move on to the next guy, Andrew Benatendi. Um, where does he end up? This one became a little bit more confusing once we saw that he can't go to Toronto because I think a lot of people have pegged him to go to the Yankees. Probably not going to the Yankees now. Sean, where do you think Benatendi ends up and what would his value be and who might benefit on the Royals? Yeah, you know, I mean, Benintendi's fantasy value is really, you know, two, twofold. It's batting average right now on its runs. He's not doing a whole lot on the on the base pads. He's not hitting a lot of home runs. Uh, I think the best fit for him is probably going into the Phillies organization uh, with Harper on the shelf. You got two liabilities out there in the outfield with Castellanos and Schwarber. Um, I think he'd be a good fit going over there just, just from a defensive aspect. But I think the biggest fantasy impact is probably in Kansas City, right? Um, you know, whenever Alvarez gets back from the injury list, uh, he will plug in there, but I think Nick Prado is the guy that's going to win right now. You know, he's got 17 home runs in the minors so far this year. Uh, just got called up, and he's staying there right now with Oliveris on the shelf. So if Benintendi gets moved, he probably stays up. I think he's a little bit of a fantasy sleeper for the second half. Lou, what about you? What, what are your thoughts on potential openings on the on that Royals team uh, and where Benintendi might go? Well, Sean stole my thunder there on Prado. Uh, I was thinking it has to be a perfect opportunity there for him uh, with Vinny, obviously plugged in there first and Olivar is definitely a guy that could see more regular playing time I like the Phillies call I also think the Brewers could be an interesting team uh, we know they're kind of small market they're not going to invest a lot but with his contract coming to an end at the end of the season could be a nice rental for them give them some offensive boost looking at that team they can certainly win their division uh but they do it with pitching more so than offense so adding benintendi to that lineup in the outfield any of the three spots really would be great and in philadelphia as much as benintendi's mostly been a corner outfielder their biggest issue is really in center field i mean veerling and uh Herrera aren't getting it done there. So uh, that would really be the best spot for him. And he'd be joining an amazing lineup there as well. A much more friendly ballpark to hit in too. Maybe those power numbers go up. Scott, what do you think? Is, is Benatendi going to end up in Philly or is there another location? Well, but what Lou talked about was very interesting with the Philadelphia outfield. And I think there's definitely a fit there. I mean, they keep trying to double Herrera and, <laughs> you know, I like Adubel as a National League-only player, maybe if he gets enough playing time, but they, he runs too hot and cold, and then they end up platooning him, I think, with Veerling. Uh, so uh, I I think, you know, I was covering Mets-Padres last night uh, for SiriusXM Fantasy Sports Radio and Rotoballer, and it really struck me, you know, the Padres still want to catch the Dodgers or make the playoffs. They really need help in the outfield. He, I think Ben Attendee would be great for the Padres. It hasn't been mentioned a lot, but I think it would be a good fit. The Cardinals, I think they don't feel that they got enough out of their outfield. Dylan Carlson hasn't played as well as they've wanted to. And let's not rule out the AL East. There's still been reports this week that – Toronto may try to convince him to change his mind about his, you know, about his personal choices. Uh, and, you know, there was even talk of the Mets, but I can't see Ben Attendee fitting in that outfield. Uh, you know, like Brad said off the top, though, this is a better real-life player than a fantasy player. You, you know, he, if he, you play in an on-base percentage league like we do, Justin, 
He's good. He'll catch you some runs. He'll hit you some average. But there's not really going to be any counting stats anywhere that he goes. Yeah, th- this is it, it's maddening to me because I drafted him in my main event, and he's he's playing every day, and it's like I've got to keep rolling him out there in a fifteen team league, but he's not really doing much for me in terms of my home runs and my uh, uh, in my stolen bases. I just can't see an American League East team uh, trade from really an American League team because there's a, a reasonable chance that any American League team could face the Blue Jays in the first round of playoffs. And now you got the guy you just traded for your big upgrade. Can't play in the play in, in half of your playoff games in a series. I think he ends up in the national league personally, Brad, where do you think he ends up and what does that do for his value? I like the Brewers idea and the Padres as well. I think those are two good fits. I, I'm not so much on the Phillies as a fit for Benatendi. I'm not sure he can really play center field anymore. And that's where they'd want to use him. Uh, Another guy that we'll talk about later, I think, is a better fit for uh, Philly center field. Uh, but the other team I'll, I'll mention just briefly, the Astros have been said to be looking for someone who's like Michael Brantley, and uh, Benintendi's probably going to be the closest out there on the market like that. Yeah, that would make sense. You just, gotta run, you just might run into that problem. Well, maybe by the time playoffs get around, Michael Brantley's back, and it's not as big of an issue to not have Benintendi, but... It just seems uh, so short-sighted for an American team to trade for a guy who can't enter the country of Canada uh, for games. So let's uh, let's talk about Josh Bell because he's clearly going to be traded. He's one of the biggest uh, or the most talked about guys in terms of going to be moved and probably moved pretty quickly. Brad, where do you think he ends up? Uh, and is there anybody that can emerge in Washington? Do we even care about that? And will his value change? I don't know that we care too much about what's behind him right now. Uh, value will probably uptick a little bit just because he's going to be joining one of a few very good contenders. Uh, the team that I'd pick number one before all others is probably the Red Sox. I think that's just a really clear fit. Uh, they don't need him long term. They don't need a first baseman long term. They got guys in their system uh, that'll hold that role, but Right now, they're not getting what they need from Bobby Dahlbeck and uh, Franchi Cadero. Uh, so I, I think it's a slam dunk for them. Uh, other teams may be in the mix. Uh, Rays, Giants, Mariners, they seem like big fits. Uh, maybe the Brewers. There's just not a lot of teams, uh, contenders, that need a first baseman or a designated hitter. Uh, so the market's pretty shallow. Yeah, and that that's a crazy thing because he's – He's been one of the most talked about players in terms of he's going to be traded. The question is, who wants a first base only type of guy? Scott, what are your thoughts on Josh Bell? What was interesting is he has been linked so much to the Mets in a lot of reports. Uh, Now, the Red Sox thing makes perfect sense because, you know, at this point, you know, we're giving up on Bobby Dalvin. Forget it. He's like Sammy Watkins in fantasy football. You know, let's just move on. Um, But with the Mets, there's been a lot of reports, but then last night they acquired Vogelbach. So I started thinking, you know, the Mets have been in the market for DH because unfortunately the the Dominic Smith, J.D. Davis thing has not worked out as they hoped. Uh, then they go and get Vogelbach, and you could still see Vogelbach more as a depth piece. You know, he's a, le- he's a lefty. Bell's a righty. They're not going to platoon him because Bell's not a platoon player. But could they still acquire Bell and make Vogelbach more of a death piece? It is possible. 
uh, although I think the odds have gone down after they, but, you know, last night Billy Epier was saying that, uh, you know, they're still, you know, aggressively pursuing somebody. So to Brad's point, the Mets have been looking for, for a DH type. You know, they thought Dominic Smith could be that first base slash DH kind of guy. And, you know, his, 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 his profile has changed. He's not that 37, he's 37 home run guy anymore. He's improved his contact and maybe he's more of a 28 home run guy, but obviously like Brad said, the RBIs are going to go up anywhere. And, you know, there's, there's also talk of the Astros as well, you know, and that would hurt Gorel, but he, he hasn't been hitting well enough. So I think the Astros and to a lesser degree, the Mets are, uh, you know, two teams to watch as well. Yeah, both would make a lot of sense. Uh, it was uh, it was crazy last night seeing that Vogelbach trade because I think any of us who played DFS just like Sean does uh, in, uh, in Lou, like you were waiting for that Pirates lineup to come out last night and it never it wouldn't come out like 15 minutes before game time. Finally, the news drops of the trade and then the lineup came out. Man, I, I was sweating that trying to figure out if I could play Cabrian Hayes or play some of the other guys in that Pittsburgh lineup. Sean, what are your thoughts on Josh Bell? Do you think he gets moved? Yeah, I, I do. And, I, you know, my best fit for him, I think, is actually the Brewers. I think he's a big defensive upgrade for him at first base over what they got, got going on there with Rowdy. Um, and I think he can uh, really help their DH situation. They'll move Rowdy and Kutch into a platoon at the DH spot and should give him a little bit more options. Kutch can fill some guys in the outfield. I think that's the best fit. And I think the Brewers, you know, for a for a small three-month rental, should be able to swing that with the, with the Nats. Lou, what do you think? Do you think Bell ends up with the Brewers? I could see it, but I don't have much to add here. I think Boston still makes the most sense. They're not getting anything at first base. Tristan Cassis, who I thought could get that spot for them, isn't having a good season in the minor leagues. He might still be a year plus away. So I think plugging that hole, adding a switch hitter into the middle of that already great lineup would help. And Tampa, man, I mean, they can pitch. They just can't hit. Nothing against G-Man Choi. I think he's an underrated player. But Josh Bell gives them that thump in the middle of their order that they really are lacking. So... Boston or Tampa Bay would be my two choices. Tampa Bay would make a lot of sense. That offense has really been struggling uh, as of late. I don't think anybody mentioned the Padres. I know they've got Eric Hosmer, but they don't like Eric Hosmer. They're trying to give away that contract. They'll pay you to take that contract. Uh, They could easily make Hosmer a bench player uh, or finally maybe find a buyer who would be willing to eat that contract for maybe some prospects or something like that. So, uh, but I, I do think Boston um, makes the most sense, at least to me. Uh, will Luis Castillo or Tyler Molly ever get traded? We keep talking about this every off or every off season, every trade season. Get these guys out of Great America Ballpark, Lou. Is this finally going to be the time? And where could they end up? I mean, one, if not both, need to be moved. The Reds aren't going to be competitive next season. They're going to get a lot more for them this year uh, as opposed to next year because of the team control that they, teams would have next year. Uh, trading them when you're only going to get them for two months potentially next year isn't going to net them nearly as big of a return, and they need a big return. You look at the Yankees, the Dodgers, Jays, Astros, Twins, Red Sox, really every competitive team could use a good starting pitcher with Castillo and with Molly. Um, Reds really wouldn't make any sense to hold on to these guys at this point. And again, all those teams I mentioned and more could use the pitching upgrade, especially heading into October. 
Sean, where do you think these guys can end up? Because obviously their value is going up as long as they get out of Great America Ballpark. Yeah, for for Castillo, I think anybody in the uh, in the uh, AL East really makes sense, right? You know, they're all looking for that next starter to make sure they're competitive going down the stretch. Uh, Molly's a little bit more of an interesting case. Obviously, he's not as premier of an arm as Castillo is. Um, I think he could actually go to Atlanta and be a good fit. It's just kind of a stopgap. You know, they're they're struggling with some injuries. Um, Strider's going to be on an innings limit here at some point, so they're going to need somebody to eat up some innings and just get him to the finish line. And I think that makes sense for Molly. But Castillo's going somewhere, and he's going somewhere to a premium contender, and he's going to cost a lot more. So um, that, that's my thoughts on it. But I think the Braves are good fit for Molly. Brad, what do you think? Do you think these guys are finally getting moved? Yeah, I mean, I think they probably will get traded. I, the thing is, like, Daniel Central's so bad. Like, I, I wish they just stayed the course and kept Wenker, kept Suarez, saw what happened this year before – you know, throwing in the towel because they could be right there in that competitive uh, uh, top of the division if they had stayed the course. I, I think it's too late now that they probably need to trade Castillo and Male. Uh, Castillo, like like the other said, could go anywhere. Like it's just a matter of who makes the best offer. He fits on every team. Uh, Male, you're you're looking for more of a, a larger ballpark, or else he's not as interesting in fantasy. Scotty, what do you think? Where do you think these guys could end up, and what would there be their value? Uh, you know, Castillo's going to get moved. He he's the big ticket out there. You know, him and Montas. We'll talk about it. Those are the big tickets. I think the Yankees are probably my number one destination. Will the starting pitching continue to hold up in the postseason? And they need somebody who can quiet those Houston bats because that's as we've already seen. You know, that's. That's the one team that can really give them a lot of trouble. What about the hair, Scotty? Will he cut his hair, man? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I did, so maybe he will. Um, uh, The Dodgers also in there as well. I think they're looking to pick up another premier arm, and you can never rule out these aggressive front offices. The Mets, maybe, because can they count on DeGrom in the playoffs? They, they, They don't know, and they may not have him pass next year either. The Astros, the rich get richer, and and even the Red Sox. All these contenders that we mentioned. But the big thing is we don't chase wins in fantasy baseball, but Castillo's going to get more wins wherever he goes. As, as for Mali, as the guys talked about, you know, there are teams that want to give quality depth. Your Giants uh, could be one, Justin. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians and Boston has really – had their their uh, rotation depleted, I, th- I think Boston would be a really good fit for Molly as well. So I think both of these guys get moved. I hope so. But you know what? No one gave the answer I'm going to give. These guys aren't going to get moved. The Reds just shoot themselves in the foot. They're going to keep these guys and waste their value just like we wasted the last five minutes talking about them. You, you think the Reds are the Rockies now? The Reds are like an organization that hates our fantasy teams. Um, <laughs> and they're not going to do anything. I, I hope one or both these guys get traded, especially Molly. Like uh, I've got Molly in a lot of different places. He clearly would gain a lot by leaving. You know, you hope he goes to a uh, a place that is a good park. Most of you know the parks I think he'd end up would be at least better than Great American Ball- Ballpark. But more importantly. a a better infield defense behind him would be huge for a guy like Molly and for Castillo as well. Uh, let's talk about the aforementioned Frankie Montas because here's another one. I don't know if he's going to get moved. 
he should get moved. Obviously, he's like the lone survivor on the island that is now the Oakland A's. Scotty, where do you think he goes? I I think he has to get moved. Uh, and there there are several teams again. The Yankees, I think, are going to end up with one of two of Castillo and or or Montas. If they can strike out on Castillo, the Red Sox again, they need that help. The Cardinals, you know, fighting for the NL Central. And then, Justin, you mentioned the Toronto Blue Jays. You know, Jose Barrios has been up and down. Uh, you know, Kevin Gausman has been pretty good. But I, I think I think uh, Toronto has to want, look at one more arm. So I think any team outside of Tampa Bay and Baltimore in the AL East, I think I think St. Louis is a possibility. I think I think the Dodgers are a possibility as well, the Twins maybe to a lesser degree. Yeah, I mean, uh, that Blue Jays rotation is pretty gross, especially after losing Ryu and Kikuchi, though I think Kikuchi's injury may have been more of a we-can't-have-you-pitching-this-way-on-the-mound type of injury. Oh, hurt. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think? Do you think Montas finally gets dealt? Yeah, he should be. I mean, it's similar to that Castillo and Molly situation, except for the fact the A's have actually traded players. Uh, they'll get a lot more for him right now, though. Um, I will say Philadelphia is an interesting spot because after Wheeler and Nola, we know that there is some questions. I love the St. Louis call, but I also wouldn't discount Tampa Bay because it's not like Montas is making a lot of money and he is under control for another year. And they're obviously still without glass now, haven't had him all year. McClanahan is great, but Baz is injured again. There's a lot of question marks kind of in that rotation besides their mixing and matching and openers and whatnot and they are still obviously right in the thick of things i think second in the east right now so adding a guy like montas could help but i love the toronto blue jays call especially because of the barrios situation i mean he's just been absolutely dreadful and if they want to actually win in october because i do think they'll get there they're talented enough for sure they need another guy who they can plug in behind uh, both manoa and gosman I mean, I, I, you know, obviously the Blue Jays make a lot of sense. I kind of like that Tampa Bay call because I know they've got a lot of arms, but a lot of those arms are really young that they want to protect for the future. They, they don't give to, length either. Yeah, they, no they, length. they need to have some guy be their horse. If they don't feel like they've got that on that team, maybe they do need to bring in a Montas type. Sean, do you think Montas gets moved and where to? Yeah, so I, I'm not 100% positive on him getting moved with the injury right now. I think his value might actually go up, although he did have a nice bounce back. I think it was only two or three innings uh, on on Friday on Thursday. Um, but they might hold on to him, you know, like they did with Manaia. Um, he could he could provide more value in the offseason if that injury situation doesn't clear up in the next few weeks. If he does go, I think my number one fits the Red Sox. Um, they're all in right now. Uh, that team's going to get blown up. they got four expiring contracts. They're not going to keep everybody from what I'm hearing, so – I think they're going to make a run at it and get a bunch of these guys, and I think Montes is their number one target. Brad, what do you think? I don't have much to add to all that. Uh, it's an injury is going to be relevant uh, if teams are if everyone is put off by it, then they're going to probably end up having to hold them. Uh, but I kind of imagine someone's going to be willing to roll the dice and take a risk and say if it doesn't work out this year, we still have next year and. Uh, it's, just talk themselves into it. I'm not sure who. Yeah, that injury can kind of go both ways, right? Like the other teams may be a little bit more wary, especially of the price tag. 
But the A's may feel like, oh, no, we need to get rid of him before something really bad happens and we get nothing. They should have traded him before the start of the season. They were sending all those other guys out. They should have gotten max value at the beginning of the season. I think it was a huge mistake, especially on a pitcher, to ever hold on to a guy for too long when you're trying to rebuild. Uh, let's talk about some closers because there are going to be some guys who are in closers right now, and they're going to get moved, and new guys are going to come into their spot, and they're going to either gain or potentially lose value in their new spot if they're not the closer. So, Brad, let's start with David Robertson. He's been pretty good as the Cubs' closer. He's likely going to get traded. He feels like one of the most obvious trade oh, yeah. candidates this uh, this uh, trade season. Where do you think he ends up, and how does that affect uh, the his value, the value on his new team, and the value on what will be his old team? Uh, my, my first choice in terms of what I think will happen is uh, Philadelphia. I think they, they're interested in him before. He ended up being hurt and not being able to do anything on that contract, but he looks like he's that same guy again. Uh, they need some depth in that uh, bullpen. Uh, that would push uh, Sir Anthony Dominguez back into a fireman role where they prefer him, quite honestly. And so I think it just makes a lot of sense on many levels. Uh, as for the Cubs, I, I think next up are Chris Martin and Michael Givens, who are both probably going to be traded. Uh, so then you're down to Rowan Wick and Scott Efros. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the issues. I've been talking about this move for a while, and it's like, who becomes the next closer when, you know, Chris Martin, I really like, but he's like 33, 34 years old. He's not a part of the next great Cubs team. Uh, he, Michael he Givens. Be in yeah, Michael Givens is a free agent, I believe, after this year. So, Scott, like, who would be the next closer in Chicago, and where would Robertson end up? Yeah, I think uh, I think Brad already outlined who the closer candidates should be, but I think it'll be a situation where somebody has to pitch themselves into the job the rest, the rest of the year. Uh, I was interested because I was talking to Taylor Rogers about this last night at City Field. Uh, you know, I always believe in the intangible part of the game that, you know, talking to players that a closer has to have a certain mentality to pitch in the ninth inning. And a lot of a lot of major league closers I I talk to agree. And the thing with Robertson is he has that mentality. It's a different animal to pitch in the ninth inning. And so he could go to to the Phillies like. Like was mentioned, the Twins and the Red Sox also need a need a uh, a true closer. So maybe he could go to one of those two teams. But you know, Robertson has also shown that he can be a terrific setup man. And the Mets are looking for for that. Like you know, the Mets under Steve Cohen are going to be involved in just about everybody that's being discussed. And then the Yankees lost Michael King last night on a significant injury. And you know, Robertson also has that mentality to pitch in New York because not everybody that comes to New York, uh, you know, knows how to play in that cauldron. So I, I think you want to see him go to a team that where he can continue to close. But I think being a setup man on either New York team is possible as well. What about you, Sean? What do you think? Where do you, where could he go? Yeah, I'm in on the Red Sox on this one again. They need an arm at the back end of that bullpen. You know, they're piecing it together right now with Hauk and Whitlock and, and those guys don't have any experience going into the postseason yet. And I think uh, I think Robertson will give them that, that firm piece that they need, a pillar in the back of the bullpen. So he'd be my number one pick. Scotty hit the other nail on the head with King getting hurt last night. They're going to be looking for somebody to come in and eat up some seventh, eighth innings for him. Uh, and I think uh, he'd be a fit there as well. 
Yeah, I mean, he would be a great fit, which would hurt everybody who drafted him, right? Everybody who's been getting those really cheap saves, uh, if he ends up on a team like New York where he's not going to be the guy in the ninth, uh, that could be uh, devastating to some people's kind of, uh, fantasy values. Lou finishes out on David Robertson. Yeah, so obviously our fantasy teams want him to go to Boston, Minnesota, Philadelphia. That's a given. The Mets, Yankees have been mentioned. Jays could use bullpen help. I'm more interested in what's going to happen in Chicago, though, when he's traded. We've mentioned Martin. We've mentioned Givens. Rowan Wick has really struggled this season. So I'm going to think outside the box a little bit. Maybe a promotion of Anderson Espinosa. Maybe Braylon Marquez. Both these guys, power arms, kind of ease them into the big leagues in the bullpen and give them a shot to close. I would actually expect the Cubs to potentially roll that way, considering they are looking towards the future. See what you've got in these young kids. Let's talk about Jorge Lopez because he's been pretty good as the closer in Baltimore. Um, it seems likely that he'll be traded, but technically the Orioles are still in the hunt right now. So maybe they decide, hey, we're going to kind of see what happens and play it out because what does Jorge Lopez, you know, getting rid of him or Trey Mancini like really do? Lou, what do you think? Do you think Lopez gets dealt and where would he end up and who becomes the guy in Baltimore if he is? So right now, I don't think they're selling so fast, but they have two more games with the Yankees and they have, what, like eight days before the deadline? They might wait till the very end, see where they are, how many games out they are. Uh, if he's dealt, though, he's been great. Don't get me wrong, but he'd have to go to one of those three teams like Minnesota, Philadelphia, or Boston to even get a shot to close. And even then, I'm not sure he would. So I do think you will lose him as a closer. But I am interested in Felix Bautista on the Orioles. I think he'd be the guy to take over in Baltimore if Lopez were to be traded. So I would look to uh, see if you can get him cheaply in Fab even this weekend as kind of um, looking ahead to where things might be once Lopez is dealt. Scott, are you rushing to the wire to pick up Bautista? Um, or are you kind of thinking that maybe Lopez won't get traded? It's possible he doesn't. Trostball Mancini doesn't. You know, this team railed off a 10-game win streak. Uh, if he does get dealt, you know, the Padres are looking for some bullpen help. So are the Dodgers. So are the Mets. Uh, you know, the Red Sox need a closer. So the Phillies, the Phillies do, as we talked about. The Twins do. I don't know if they would, would deal him in a division. I think it's hard to predict. Like there were so many trade rumors about Mancini and Lopez and everybody, but now all of a sudden, Baltimore's in contention, and I don't think they're going to fall out of it in a major way between now and the trade deadline to where these guys get moved. I, I think it's completely possible. It's been a long time since the Orioles were in contention and a playoff contender. The organization may say, "Why not just take a shot at it." I just want to add one thing quickly. The problem for Baltimore is I still think they're fooling themselves because I think they fare well outside of the AL East, but they're going to have to beat the AL East teams to get in, and I don't think they can do that, and they haven't really proven that they can. I, I, I think I that's totally fair, but I think you know the team will probably look at it differently uh, and say, you know, we have a chance. You know, we haven't beaten those teams yet, so we're not going to give up. We're going to try to compete with them. And even even in lieu, if, if they, they flame out and they don't beat those teams just because they have the shot to beat those teams and, and maybe gain a wild card could be a big reason why they don't move anybody. Yep. Brad, finish us out on, uh, on Jorge Lopez. So I mentioned at the start of the show I've been writing for uh, a Baltimore site, so I've been paying pretty close attention to them. 
And what they're going to do at the deadline is prioritize the health of the organization. They're not explicitly trying to go out and win games in 2022. Uh, they will pick up wins if they can uh, without uh, you know, costing them something that they think is valuable in the future. Uh, but the bottom line, I think, for Jorge Lopez, he's got three years of club control. Uh, they're going to keep him because they need relievers in the future. They they plan to contend next year. They plan to contend 2024, and that's when he's going to be more, most useful. Uh, Another little like side detail, uh, David Robertson, he has that like closer mentality we talked about. He's done it a billion years. Uh, Lopez is new to this and contenders are well aware that sometimes pitchers like Lopez don't transition to new locations well. That's didn't, a fair didn't, he, didn't he recently tell like the, the Baltimore media that like he's still adjusting to it? Yeah, yeah. And it's... I, it's just like it's it's something where I, I think there's probably not going to be a lot of confidence league wide in him as a closer type. Uh, probably as a high leverage guy, sure. Uh, everyone loves the ground balls. They love the ability to induce all the soft contact. Uh, but the track record's so short that I'm not sure the Orioles are going to get an offer that they think is worth more than him. That's their farm system is loaded. Like they don't need things. That's another problem. They need like major league starting pitcher. Contenders aren't selling that. Their bullpen's actually been excellent all year. Mm-hmm. Probably yeah. their biggest strength. I, well, selfishly, I'm hoping he doesn't get traded because uh, I don't want him to lose that closer gig, and I have him in a lot of places as like a closer three. Uh, what about Lou Trevino? He's got to get moved, right? This is another Oakland A. Um, you know, he's, you know, started off the season so poorly, has begun to turn it around. Brad, do you think Trevino gets traded? I, I think he gets traded, yeah. I don't think he's going to close anywhere. He's he's a middle reliever. He's always been a middle reliever. Sometimes the A's have needed to use him as a closer because they have lacked relievers. And so whoever picks him up is going to just slot him into a, a generic relief spot and you know, hope he pitches well. Well, Scott, if he does get traded and he's a middle reliever somewhere else, someone's got to be the closer in Oakland. A.J. Puck got a save last night, first save, I believe, of his career. Uh, He's a young, really, really interesting guy. But the A's may only win, like, 20 games the rest of the season, so do we even care if there's an Oakland closer? The interesting thing with Trevino is is that, you know, he got the closer drop back. Now, he melted down last night, but before last night, he was pitching really well in about his last 10 appearances or so. And if you go over to Fangraphs and you look at the, the gap between his his ERA and his ex-FIP, it was massive, massive, just tremendous bad luck. And he had talked in spring training about that closer mentality and how he's wrapping his mind around it to this season. I think he goes to a team where, like Brad talks about, he's going to be a middle reliever, but – there could be an opportunity to close at some point because of an injury or something like that, or if somebody doesn't doesn't fare well. I don't think Trevino is that lights out type of guy where somebody wants him as a closer. But if you have to, that that it would you know a team would try to count on him. Uh, I think AJ is is a good uh, is a good one as well as as well as Zach Johnson, but. You know, AJ's been really good at getting holds, so my money would be on him to close. Sean, where do you think that Trevino could end up? Do we care? And what happens in Oakland once he's gone? 
Yeah, he's he's going to end up somewhere. Somebody that needs a little bullpen help, getting the seventh, eighth inning, the Braves, the Mets, um, were my two top targets for him. Uh, I, I think as far as the ace bullpen goes, I mean, it kind of depends on, on Danny Jimenez's shoulder, right? I mean, he started off the year pretty pretty lights out for him in the bullpen. If he comes back, I think he gets the gig. Uh, otherwise, I'm leaning towards Puck. Um, he got the, got the job done last night. Um, I think he'll be the guy. I don't think they move Zach Jackson out of that, that, that setup role, so um, he'd be the one I'm looking at. Lou finishes out on Trevino and that Oakland A's. Yeah, everything's really been said. I think we can all agree Puck, uh, Jimenez, uh, maybe Domingo Acevedo might be uh, just a messy situation there. One thing I will say, Justin, is even if the A's only win 20 more games this year, chances are they'll all be safe situations because they're not good enough to blow anybody out. So you might get plenty of safe chances. That, that's, I mean, a good, that's a good point because on the bad teams, a lot of times – you know they'll win close games. See, you know you yep. look at you, you look at Washington. You know total, you might get thirty saves out of them. You know Tanner Rainey was was on the way to a good season. So Lou makes an excellent point. You can't you can't ignore it. Like I mean, look, look how good David Bednar has been. And you know the the, you know, the the Pirates are just like they're close to a minor league team, and he's been an all star. Yeah, those bad teams don't blow you away most nights. If they're winning, they're beating you five three four two. Yep. Seven five, whatever it might be. It's yeah, I don't know how far we're gonna date ourselves by saying this, Justin, but you'll know what I'm talking about. It's the old Ugetherbina rule, I call it. Oh, there we go. I yeah. like that. That's a yeah. great call out. I think the only problem with that theory, and I mean, yes, bad teams usually don't win by a lot of runs, but we don't know who the guy is, right? Like one of these guys could be the guy. They could go with all three, right? They Jimenez, Puck. Zach Johnson, yeah. Domingo Acevedo, there's four guys. Like, if they split 20 saves over four guys, that doesn't have a ton of value. No, you're lucky if you get away. 10 chances from even one of them. Yeah, exactly. So, um, we have a little bit of breaking news. Uh, so before we get to the next argument, I just want to uh, to uh, share this with you. My wife has woken up. It is uh, seven o'clock in the morning here on the uh, on the West Coast. Uh, big shout out to my wife uh, uh, Danielle Salazar. You can follow her on Twitter at Danielle or at or at Mrs D uh, Salinger. Um, she uh, she did a lot of the behind the scenes work for to get Potapalooza set up. She actually forced me to do Potapalooza this year. I wasn't going to do it. I was a little overwhelmed with everything, but she's like, "Yes, and I'll help you." So big shout out to uh, the wife. Uh, I'm glad you got to sleep in a, a little bit today um let's uh let's talk about trey mancini real quick we we mentioned him before does he get moved like the orioles maybe they don't brad you're our orioles guy does mancini get moved it's more likely than lopez uh i i don't think the o's are gonna have a lot of incentive to make a trade though and it goes back to what we're talking about with bell where the market for first baseman dh types it's not huge and when you look at mancini you, you might then look at nelson cruz and you know, I feel like Nelson Cruz is going to be free and the Orioles are going to want something to part with Mancini because he's a fan favorite and uh, ostensibly he has a, a mutual option. I believe that is very unlikely to be triggered, but it's possible and they probably wouldn't mind if that happened. Uh, so there, there's, there's also the qualifying offer that they could consider. I think he's probably a little bit below that in terms of uh, you know, what he can expect to earn in free agency. I, I don't think it's going to end up working out. They'll certainly look into it. Uh, Scott, what do you think about Mancini? Do you think he gets moved? Uh, I'm going to say no because 
I, I think the Orioles are going to try to, you know, see if they can compete. But like Lou says, you know, they probably won't ultimately. Uh, if he does, you know, the Red Sox were mentioned, but trade him win in the division. That that's another guy that's been talked about a lot with the Mets. I've seen the Braves and, and even the Guardians mentioned. Uh, you know, from everything that I'm hearing from these guys here too, especially Brad, who's very tied into Baltimore. Uh, you know, I don't think he's going to get moved. Sean, Mancini get moved? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I, I I said no. They're they're too close right now. You know, with everything he's been through, he's a fan favorite there in Baltimore. Like Brad said. I think they hold on to him, see what happens. And like he said, they got the mutual option for 2023. If they don't pick it up, they might re-sign him even. So. Lou, take us out on uh, Mancini. Yeah, I think Mancini's staying put for all the reasons already mentioned. And although we don't see those mutual options picked up often, I think it would make sense for both sides to kind of mutually agree to that option. I'd like to see Mancini back with the Orioles next year when they might actually compete. Yeah, we were just talking about with Josh Bell how the first base market just isn't very robust. So why do you trade a guy who has really been endeared to the fans because of his own personal story uh, when you're not going to get much back in return for him, right? Like, he can play he, some outfield, unlike Bell at this point, but I'm with you. Yeah, I just thought it does, doesn't make a lot of sense for that organization to move Mancini. What about Martin Perez? Like He was the story of the first half. He's starting to fade. Is he starting to fade at the wrong time for the Rangers to get max value? Lou, does Martin get uh, Perez get traded, and do we care? So it's interesting because the Rangers have actually expressed interest in not trading him at all and actually extending him. So if you want to believe that, you can take it at face value, sure. But no one actually expects this guy to be this good in the second half as he was in the first half. But he could fill an end-of-rotation spot for teams that need that depth phillies cardinals twins rays red Sox. we've talked about a million of these teams already there's nothing wrong with acquiring a guy and having him as your fourth or fifth starter see if he can even bring some of that success he's had in the first half but i actually think texas might do the crazy thing and extend him they really believe in him and it's a pretty good ballpark for him to pitch in it's proven to be much more pitcher friendly than hitter friendly unlike their old stadium yeah yeah absolutely he's been great in texas Sean, do you think Perez gets dealt? I do. I mean, I don't think there's any sense in keeping him. They can always bring him back next year if they want to re-sign him, right? Um, so I, I think he gets moved, and I think, like you said, he's an inning seater at the back of a rotation right now. The Braves, again, make sense with with their injuries and with Strider on the innings limit. I think they'd be a good fit there. Or the Cardinals, like like we mentioned, you know, all these teams need a starter. He'd be great at the back end of any of the bull or any of the rotations. Scott, do you think that uh, Perez gets moved, and do we care? This is interesting because, you know, I hear people backing Perez. I hear people against Perez. The advanced numbers say, how much is he going to fall off? Well, maybe not a whole lot. You know, 268 ERA, but 372 XFIP. You know, that's that's not too bad. Now, at the same time, you know, this is why I hate, and this is just the thing with me, the All-Star game being at midseason, everybody's a first-half All-Star. You know, but, you know, it's like like when Mike Pelfrey made the all-star game and had a terrible second half. It's, you know, Martin Perez has a terrible second half. Did he really deserve being an all-star? But that's that's another argument. But he hasn't pitched badly. The advanced numbers don't point to a major fall off. So, you know, he could end up on the Twins, the Cardinals, the Giants, the Braves. You know, with the Yankees want him as a consolation prize. I don't think he pitched as well at Yankee Stadium as he would, would, would in Texas. But... I, I think 
I, I don't think Perez is going to fall off in a major way because I think he's he's retooled himself respectively, respectively. But I, I, I don't think I, I don't think he's going to be have an All Star second half. But I don't think he's going to fall off that much. And I think he could be more of a a, a quality add than a back of a rotation piece uh, for every deals him. Brad, finish us out on Martin Perez. Kind of lean towards him staying in Texas, but not not like a strong lean. I, I, it's just going to come down to offers. It's what's going to be like with all these fringy types is what is a team making an offer that's worth accepting, and it might happen. Uh, the the fantasy takeaway here is uh, Perez is one of the few like true inning eaters in the league. Like he faces 25, 30 batters a game, every game. And not a lot of guys do that. And it really helps in terms of getting decisions. Uh, so could help for fantasy purposes with wins specifically. That's a really, really, really good point. Um, what about Brandon Drury? I mean, he's had just an amazing uh, first half uh, kind of one of the pickups of the year because nobody drafted him pretty much in any size league. Uh, Brad, do you think Brandon Drury can keep that magic going once he's dealt out of Cincinnati? Yeah, mostly. I, I don't think I don't see this as like a Cincinnati thing. Like his his ISO probably drops to like the one sixty to two hundred range where he's been most of his career. He's barreling the ball more, so maybe it doesn't even drop. Uh, he'll probably face a few like not as many scrub pitchers because. The NL Central is bad. But uh, other than that, I think he'll remain relevant. Uh, Should be a nice utility-type player for whichever contender grabs him. Scott, do you think that Drury can keep it going in a new location? I think so. You know, I think he's made some adjustments that finally, uh, you know, has made him a post-hype sleeper, actually. People have completely forgot about him. But, uh, you know, he was he was like a, a flyer for the Mets last year. So I think the Mariners are a possibility. You know, Abraham Toro has been a big disappointment for them. Uh, Milwaukee is looking to pick up some infield help. The White Sox could use some infield help as well. Uh, you know, there's been talk about him going to the, the Phillies as well. So I, I think, you know, it's only going to help him. If he goes to a lineup like, say, Seattle, or Chicago, you know, which which needs a boost because they've been underachieving. I, I think that really helps the RBI numbers. You know, the power numbers have been there, but we'll see a nice improvement in terms of RBIs and runs scored. What about you, Sean? Do you think that uh, uh, Drury can keep this going? Yeah, he's for real. If you, if you look at his numbers the last two seasons, the hard hit rate and the barrel rates are both elevated from previous points in his career. So I think he's for real. I think he's made the adjustment, like Scott said. Um, you know, my concern with him is he ends up in a spot where he's going to end up platooning or with, with uh, partial partial at-bats, and that could happen if he goes to somebody like the Dodgers um, or even the Yankees if they're looking for, for an extra bat still. But if, if he goes somewhere he's going to play every day, he's for real, and, and he's somebody that uh, you'd look to pick up if you want to trade for somebody that might be undervalued by an opponent in fantasy. Fun fact from our good friend Yancey Eaton, uh, of the thousands of NFBC leagues drafted this year, Drew was only selected – twice that tells you what kind of pickup uh brandon drury's been i remember drafting him as a rookie is like 10 years ago like he's like this is insane lou finish out on brandon drury yeah i'm not sure he'll be this good if he were to leave cincy but i still think like everyone has said he's certainly made the adjustments he's hitting the ball a lot harder 
I just think that he would be a perfect fit for the teams that like to mix and match, move guys around, play him at different positions. The Rays, the Dodgers really stand out to me just because he can play everywhere. That's one of the best things about Drury, even if the bat does come down a little bit. The ability to play solid defense in multiple positions will help a contender, even if it's just for depth. So what we're doing today is we're raising a ton of money or trying to raise a ton of money for Big League Impact, which is a fantastic organization founded by Adam Wainwright uh, that uh, supports causes all around the country and the world. Um, and what, what, how we're doing that is for every dollar you donate to Potapalooza via uh, PayPal or Venmo, the PayPal is justinmasonfantasy at gmail.com, Venmo's at Justin Salinger. You can see it down below in the ticker if you're watching live or uh, a replay. Uh, you get a raffle ticket to win really, really cool prizes. And Lou donated a really, really, really cool prize. So, Lou, give us a little rundown on what this prize is, and then let's give it away. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I mentioned off the top, I am working at DrRoto.com as MLB content director, fantasy baseball content director, and uh, we're all about giving back. And this year, we want to donate a few different things. We're going to donate three one-month all-access passes to our website, which include all our seasonal fantasy content, DFS for all the sports, podcasts, cheat sheets, all our betting info. And then the major prize is the one full season of all-access package. It's going to be during the football season, which for anyone who knows Dr. Roto, that's his jam. Uh, so come take advantage of that. It will include all our seasonal content, DFS content, and uh, the full season package, I would say, start using it immediately because there's lots of football stuff coming up. And, of course, you'll still have all of our baseball stuff, too. And you can use it all the way up until the Super Bowl in February. So uh, get going on that one. So that's four different subscriptions, right? So four winners, right? Let's four, do four winners. Let's do four winners. We've got Bradley Copel. You're going to win the big one. Congratulations. Uh, I'll get uh, your information over to Lou. Um, Matthew Frank, you're going to win one of those. Uh, Corbin Young, you're going to win one of those. And Peter Christensen, you're going to win one of those. Thank you so much for donating. At this point, we are at over $700 raised already, and we're just in the first hour. Last year, we raised $8,000. Uh, I don't know if we'll get close to that this year because it's midseason, but for every $1,000 we raise, I'm going to give away a TGFBI spot for next year, right? So donate, you get you entered in to win all these cool prizes and potentially some TGFBI entries as well. Uh, we've got a few more minutes left. Hey, hey, Justin, real quick, yeah. if I could, I just want to say on behalf of Big League Impact, because, you know, I've been connected to those guys for years. You know, what a terrific organization. And, uh, you know, make sure you go to bigleagueimpact.org to help all that great causes, because right now you can register to play fantasy football with Phillies and Cardinals players to benefit great causes. And for your donations, you get a great experience, Q&As with the players. You get on field for the bat, for batting practice and get great tickets for a game. Special days out at Philadelphia and St. Louis. This is a great organization that's done great things through fantasy sports. Absolutely. And one of those Phillies players that you get to play against is my personal favorite, Kyle Gibson, uh, who's super, super active. Uh, in uh, in raising money for a number of different causes, uh, really yes. good dude. All he's the, the VP of Big League Impact. Yep, yep. 
Yeah, he, uh, I, I should have tried to reach out to him, try, try to get him on. But they're busy playing actual baseball, so I didn't want to bother any of them. Uh, but before we have to wrap up, I want to give you guys each an opportunity to uh, promote yourselves again, tell people where they can reach you, where they can find your work. So, Scotty, let people know where, where you can be reached and where people can find all your work. Follow me at, at Scott E. The King and check out all of my fantasy baseball work uh, on, on thegameday.com. You know, we're also doing a lot of other things, including writing betting and, and things like that. Uh, also at Roto Bowler, and you can hear me on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio every Saturday from 3 to 5 Eastern. Uh, I'm going to have uh, my, my exclusive interview with Manny Machado about how much he loves fantasy football this afternoon, so tune in for that. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I always think it's so cool. Uh, when uh, when guys play different fantasy sports that are major league players, so uh, and I was wearing my my Rotoware Jock Peterson T-shirt uh, yesterday. So uh, Lou, let people know where you can reach and uh, what you do. Well, first off, I want to say thanks for having me. Uh, good luck with the rest of the day. Hope you crush that eight thousand, surpass that uh, from last year. But yeah, Lou Landers at Landers Talks on Twitter, director of MLB and fantasy baseball content at drrodo.com. Lou's Locks MLB DFS podcast Monday through Friday, counting stats, Lucas baseball podcast, appearances on Sirius XM with Dr. Roto, and some on Sports Byline and the Armed Forces Network. Sean, remind everybody where you can reach and what you do. Yep, on Twitter at the Great Kanaki, uh, DFS writer for Razzball, professional handicapper for MLB, college football. Pro football horse racing at theoddsbreakers.com. Uh, and uh, I do have a Snoop Dogg bobblehead. You can uh, let me know where to send that. It's a Corona one. So have fun with that. Hopefully you get some dollars out of it. Appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. We are going to be donating that one later. Uh, we're going to be donating or we're going to be uh, we're going to be raffling off those pri- all these prizes all throughout the day. And then at the end on Sunday, we're going to raffle off a ton of prizes, including that Snoop De- uh, Dogg bobblehead. So, Sean, thank you so much. For donating that it's so cool uh kind of wish i was going to be winning that but i can't win anything uh brad remind everybody where you can reach and plug your work yeah i'm on twitter at baseball a team uh you can find me on nbc mlb trade rumors uh, if you're a front office subscriber over there i send out a weekly fantasy article on a wide range of topics and uh yeah i cover dfs the dynasty so could could see me writing about just about anything and, uh, yeah, thanks for having us on the show, Justin. I really appreciate all you guys. Way to lead off Potapalooza. I brought in some guys to knock it out of the park. They weren't taking walks. They were hitting dingers in the leadoff spot. First place in my league. Got a blockbuster on my way. And a pick up on my sleeve. They call my team insane. Say I'm the one to beat. So you better bring your red game and stop playing. Just pay me now. City win first place, then take a bow. Finish on top, I'ma set the standard. Don't believe me, you could check the standing. When I draft, I'll make smart selections. Got more sleepers than a narcoleptic. Meet your match, kid, my lineup's nasty. It's far-fetched thinking you might catch me. No surprise, I'm taking home the prize. Only time I rest is a playoff vibe. Make amazing finds off the waiver wire. All day and night, better stay retired. See me in first, all proud and cozy. Bro, please, I can't even count my trophies bragging even when my bats are slumping i'm a pack a punch that track a junkie one little wanna play first place in my league
Bring 